Welcome. You're listening to the Timeline of Classics podcast, episode number five. I'm your host, Gail Ledbetter. Whether you found us on iTunes or Stitcher, thanks for spending a few moments of your time with us. This is the place where we talk about enjoying literature, connecting with history, and thinking deeply about the good and great books. So if you're interested in a literature-based approach to history, then you've come to the right spot. Thanks for joining us today. Today's episode addresses one of my most frequently asked questions, and that has to do with getting kids to read. So could you imagine that being a problem? In my situation, I was that kid growing up who really, really uh, didn't have a great love for books. Um, I didn't read very well as a young child. I don't recall ever really having someone read to me. Um, I always worked really hard in school, but uh, books were just not part of my life uh, as as such um, and that was kind of tough because I grew up with a twin who loved to read and so uh, that influence of books on his life was uh, great uh, it was just a great difference between us and um, it really showed later um, thankfully I overcame my um, I wouldn't say fear of books, but mostly just the fact that I just didn't read very, very often. Um, I, uh, let's see, I guess I would say I really uh, grew to love books and literature uh, once I was a classroom teacher um, and read a lot to my students. And then, of course, when I had my own family, um, reading books was just an integral part of our day and we just couldn't imagine our lives um, without books and so you know our home was uh, just covered with uh, bookcases, bookshelves um, in every room and so it's kind of funny um, to this day uh, after spending so much time reading with my own kids um, they all have grown into adulthood um, as really great readers so I'm very thankful for the fact that um, you know despite my own um, dislike I wouldn't say dislike but um, my own uh, not reading as a a child thankfully I outgrew that and um, and that didn't affect my kids. So back to the question of getting kids to read. Well, um, you know, there's always the thing about being made to do it. Um, that was pretty much my situation. Um, I I read what I was asked to read at school um, and I always did my hardest work, but I really didn't just go choose to read, you know, for enjoyment um, the way a lot of people do. Um, so as I um, walked through my adult years as a, a public school teacher, um, a way to just really uh, form the habit was to read out loud every single day 
um, after lunch um, at school. So, you know, we just formed the habit and, you know, that was just an awesome time for my students to, you know, kind of just settle down for a few minutes after lunch. Um, they knew we were going to do it every single day and it was just a good habit to form and it was just a way for us to um, make our way through some really good chapter books. Um, now at that time I was a third grade school teacher and you know that's just such a delightful age for kids to um, just be mesmerized by by books or like a book series or um, you know the latest thing that came out on the Scholastic Book Club um, catalog so that's kind of um, giving you a little background of, of where I started with that but um, of course you know the library you know is just such a fantastic place to spend lots and lots of time so as I um, became a parent and then much later had um, my family, um, we, we um, were a family of six, so that was two boys and two girls in, in our home, and so you can imagine the amount of time we spent in libraries was great. Um, we uh, would literally load up, load up our big van and grab the um, library bag and just take off to the library. So, you know, with a toddler in tow, um, you know, an elementary child who uh, was just a, a couple years older than a toddler, you know, the the elementary student, the middle school student, however old, you know, our kids kind of, um, uh, their age ranges were practically high school, middle school, elementary, and toddler. So that, you know, they were kind of spread out that way. But it made it quite um, fun as we went to the library because everybody had different interests, which was wonderful because um, that just meant we came home with tons and tons of, of great books. So back to the uh, question about how do you encourage students or children to read more? Um, basically, just do it with them. Um, make a habit, uh, try to form a habit in some, in some way. Um, a natural thing to do, of course, is to read at night with your kids as you put them to bed. I mean, that was definitely part of our life. Um, if you're, you know, in a home, uh, at school, certainly, we made the habit, you know, right after lunch, that was a great time to do that. Um, so, uh, and let them see you read. Um, that's a big one. Um, adults, sometimes our, our time is limited, and I know I'm guilty even now of um, having a pile of books, you know, by my bed or by my chair and, you know, not really having time to sit and just enjoy everything that I would like to um, take in. So my pile of books to read is always um, bigger than um, the time to do it. But, you know, nonetheless, if you just um, model the importance of reading before your kids, you know, uh, do it with them model it to them, let them see you reading. Um, 
if you happen to have um, students or children who are like I was, um, my comprehension um, to make it through a book was pretty, I would say, pretty poor. <laughs> um, it was really hard for me to um, read something and then recall what it was that I had read. So my comprehension, I would say, wasn't really good at all. Um, thankfully, over time, um, as I've spent a lot of years um, as a teacher, uh, not only in a public school setting, but also, you know, homeschooling my four kids for over 20 years, thankfully, I've come across some really good um, helps as far as comprehension goes. And so I was able to really um, help my kids uh to, for that to not be a stumbling block for them. Um, so uh, the way that I did it that was the most um, helpful um, tool as far as comprehension goes is I've, I uh, learned the system or the method of actually the writing program from the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And so once I found uh, their product called Teaching Writing Structure and Style by Andrew Pudua, once I got that under my belt and kind of found out how that program worked, I was astounded how well um, you you could um, employ those methods to just about anything you were doing and you know at that time I was learning to teach my children to write but wow some of the study skills that we learned in, in that program were the most powerful thing I'd ever done or ever used with students um, to not only learn to write but to learn to think and so that whole process um, of, I'm specifically speaking of the keyword outline um, skill that, that you learn in the teaching writing structure and style program, um, that one skill just um, did more for comprehension than anything I've ever seen uh, certainly in my uh, years as a public school teacher, but also um, in just in every area. Um, I spent many years uh, in my home uh, as a tutor and uh, would tutor after school students. And again, this whole um, thing of key learning to keyword outline and learning to tell back um, in your own words what it was that you had just read um, and be able to, um, to t put this down in note-taking form that was just so powerful um, not only in um, tutoring students uh, who may have been struggling with reading but uh, it, it was just a powerful study skill that you can use with any subject that you're studying. So that truly turned into my um, most effective and best um, best method for working on comprehension. So um, all of that to say, you know, the number one thing to do to get your kids to read more or to um, 
yeah, just getting them to read at all is to just do it with them. Jump in, go for it, let them see you read, um, and then, you know, model it before them. So, um, in addition to that, and uh, working on comprehension, the other big tip I would give to getting your kids to love literature, and I say love literature because um, in my experience of myself, I, I couldn't say that I really loved literature at all. And I, in fact, I was, uh, I was afraid of classics um, because I thought there is no way I can grasp this or understand or even have the attention span to read a piece of classic literature and, and really get from it what the author was uh, trying to convey or really what my English teacher in high school was trying for me to um, to understand from it. So, you know, um, I know a lot of us, uh, me included for sure, um, just have so many, I don't know, hang-ups about literature. And it's just really not not necessary um, and so if there are things we can do to um, help our children not to be afraid of great literature of the classics um, then those are things that, that we could be doing with them now when they're young and you know just kind of walking them through those steps of elementary middle school and then once they jump into high school they're just going to have no fear of, of literature, of the great books. So another way to accomplish that is uh, to really just tune their ears to only the good books, the good stuff. Um, if you are able to kind of guide uh, the choices that they make, or, the, or certainly um, you want them to learn to read from uh, from uh, just in, for read for enjoyment for themselves but if you're able to help choose some things that of course you read with them or model to them then if you choose the good stuff they are gonna just be have that built into them so that when they pick up a piece of literature for example if you take them to the library and uh, for one of those grand library trips where you just come home with way too many books, um, they're going to be able to pick something up and go, oh man, that just doesn't look too good to me. That's, you know, that's just junk. I'm not even going to waste my time on that. And, you know, it's so funny uh, to have students of my own, kids of my own who are grown now, but to have had students that I've worked with for over the years and hear their moms tell me, you know, that of all the time that they spent uh, using um, just really, really great choices, great literature, their, their students you know who have some of them may have been you know pretty quiet in class or you know really not very expressive at all but boy are they picky when it comes to choosing um, books and so you know they there are things they just want to even waste their time on um, because their ear has been so attuned to the great literature 
So um, another way to accomplish this for sure is to use audiobooks. I mean, my heavens, audio um, is such a big thing now. I mean, my goodness, you're listening now to a podcast, um, which is now one of my absolute favorite tools. Um, And so, you know, so why not when your kids are, you know, in their formative years, why not listen to great literature with them? Um, that's another option for getting kids to to learn to love good literature. Um, I did that quite frequently with when my kids were growing up. Um, we did a lot of commuting sometimes in the car you know so why not turn on something some really great um, book on tape or audio book or CDs you know technology has changed so much so you really can't say books on tape but you know CDs um, my actually my 27 year old daughter um, recently was explaining to me that there is now an app that you can get from the library that um, is a way to check out a book (laughs) so that you can listen to it uh, just from your iPhone um, and it goes through the library app. I haven't tried it myself but she was telling me about it and so you know you literally use your library card and you can check out an audiobook to be heard on your phone. Now I just thought what a cool thing so um, anyway that, that you know there you really can't un- overstate the importance of an audiobook in the life of a, of a child who is uh, you're putting that great literature into their ears. Um, they are hearing the um, the reader or the narrator um, do all of the voices, the inflections, you know, the uh, pronunciations. Um, often there are going to be times when a student may not, you know, if you're reading the book, um, you're going to read through it and if you see a word you really don't understand or you don't know that word you may just skip over it and um, and just keep going but really have missed a lot of detail by skipping that vocabulary word. I know um, some elementary students I've worked with in the in years past have just you know, as we were going through a chapter book together, um, if they were attempting to read aloud a portion, sometimes the vocabulary can just be difficult. And, you know, um, so that whole thing of pronunciation is very helpful um, when you have an audiobook and you have the, um, the narrator doing that part for you. So, um, so yeah so getting kids to read um, getting them to love good literature or even how to encourage them to read more um, those are some of the most frequently asked asked questions that I get over on the timeline of classics website and so um, 
these are just a few ideas to help you along but I would say I would just encourage um, as I finish up this little uh, just brief podcast today the one of the most encouraging things I could say is to don't don't be um, apprehensive at all um, so I encourage you to jump in um, to uh, to get your kids to read more to get them to love literature uh, just do it with them jump in and go for it uh, you'll be amazed at um, how much you'll grow to love it and they will too it's funny um, in fact one of our adult children uh, just posted this week on Facebook um, he shared an article on the benefits of reading out loud to your kids um, this is a fantastic article I'll put the information in the show notes for today but uh, here's a quote from the read aloud handbook uh, regarding reading aloud to your kids people would stand in line for days and pay hundreds of dollars if there were a pill that could do everything for a child that reading aloud does It expands their interest in books, vocabulary, comprehension, grammar, and attention span. Simply put, it's a free oral vaccine for literacy. And again, that's uh, a quote from the Read Aloud Handbook. Um, This post uh, that my son shared is is just a wonderful... um, uh, reason all the reasons definite uh, s- several several benefits for reading aloud to your children and um, it's it's just a fantastic uh, apologetic really for why we should do this um, so that quote right up at the top is just barely touches the surface of all the benefits um, for reading aloud to your kids and as I've said earlier my my children have grown up um, their entire lives with us reading to them so uh, the funny comment that my son left on this Facebook post that he sh- when he shared this article was that um, that his parents had turned him into an ins- had given him an insomniac reading disorder. So um, I have to say that's very true because uh, I definitely see the lights on late at night um, at our home, and you know as our kids have grown up, they've always um, read way into the night so uh you're welcome son um sorry for your insomniac reading disorder but um i have a feeling that it's going to serve you well uh later on down the road so again thanks for listening and joining us today for episode five of the timeline of classics podcast uh for show notes for today's episode please visit TimelineOfClassics.com, the home of Timeline of Classics, historical context for the good and great books. I'm Gail Ledbetter. There's just one quick favor that I have to ask of you. Um, In order to help our new podcast grow, um, please head on over to iTunes. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, leave us a customer rating. Uh, and also, even better, a customer review. That would be fantastic. Um, 
We are just so happy to be able to share uh, with you with, in regards to this podcast. So please take a moment to subscribe and, of course, share with your friends. Thanks again for listening to the Timeline of Classics podcast.